Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. All right, all right, so my thing, thinking about you guys here tonight, praying, I you know, spent most of the day in, in, in the hotel just believing God for tonight. And, and what I shared about Lauren and Kelly, I, I, I felt that this afternoon, that the enemy's really had a shot at them, but he's hung himself. It's only going to turn out for good. And, uh, you know, any trial that comes your way, it's a compliment from God. Don't be moaning about it. Smile. Whoa, thank you, Jesus. This is awesome. I know it's, it's a little crazy, but James says do that. He's very sadistic. He says, count it all joy when you get into a whole bunch of trials. Just, just be joyful. And it is a temporary kind of insanity. You just go like, yeah, this is amazing. But I make myself rejoice when I don't feel like it. Come on, my soul. Get, get, let's go. Yeah, let, get up. David would speak to his soul. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. He's talking to him because he's feeling like cursing the Lord because so many bad things have happened. So he says, you bless the Lord. He's turning his heart around, turning his soul around when all these men want to kill him. Because the Amalekites have stolen all his wives and his children and their goods. And Ziklag, they're all against him, everybody in the world. And so he just encourages himself. He says, you're going to make it. You're going to get through this. When there's nobody else who's going to tell you that, you've got to speak it to yourself. You're going to make it. You're going to get through this. And I can tell you, we need encouragement every day. That's why the Bible says encourage one another every day. Why? Because we get discouraged every day. One little flick through on Instagram, you're going to get discouraged with some other guy who's doing a better job than you. It just is horrifying, you know. If you let yourself, there's tons of things in the world that can discourage you, disturb your spirit. But you don't want to do that. And my feeling, okay, my feeling about tonight is a night of encounter. And, and, The Holy Spirit is, is the agent of God here on earth right now. Jesus is gone. The Father's in heaven. The Holy Ghost is here. And He brings with Him fresh oil for new seasons. And old oil, He, he removes it. And I know, like, I've preached at a lot of national ministers' conferences around the world. And... They're not always that wonderful. It's like, you guys once had it. And it's a tough message to bring. But, but they got to hear it. Because, because everybody in the world knows ministers who used to have it. We all knew churches. They were the hot spot. Everybody was traveling all around the world to go there. At the airport or... Over there, down in, Mount, in you know, my, my Aunt Florida, or up, up there. And, you know, I mean, it was just like 
Mecca for the Christians. That and gone. Some of those buildings have been destroyed, dismantled. There was, there was a moment though. What you do with your moment is so important. And, and so, and so the, the whole denominations once had it. Oh God, I pray every day that we won't become some old, worn out, flabby, frumpy outfit that I'm embarrassed to be in. Don't you dare get like that. If you're boring, stop it in Jesus' name. The last thing we're going to ever let ourselves become is boring. That's why we need you guys. Shake us up. Get on fire. Don't be rebellious. Be honoring. But be radical. Be mavericks. In Jesus' name. Because... Because that's what happens. Just denominations get old and they had oil from yesterday. And you see people doing stuff that was good 20 years ago. It was awesome. But it stinks now. It's old. And somebody needs to tell them that's old. That, that was, but it's not now. And it's certainly not tomorrow. But I want to talk about tomorrow's anointing today. That you could get it. That we could get not just fresh oil, but new oil. And the Holy Spirit comes, and that's His job. And I believe that in this new oil age, oh my God, I got to tell you, in this room, in, in our movement, and in the kingdom of God at large, for those who are, have got a decent head of thinking on them, they'll be open to this, but some of the wealthiest entrepreneurs and business people in the world will be in our churches. It'll be a marketplace oil that's going to go into the marketplace and bring prayer meetings at lunchtime, prayer meetings in the morning, prayer meetings in the afternoon. No flashing lights and smoke machines, just prayer. And revival will come in those areas by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's going to come a whole new oil on those people where it'll be almost fashionable to be a voice for God in the marketplace. It'll happen in Hollywood. It'll happen in entertainment areas. And a lot of the people who are speaking evil of the church are going to find themselves with their tongues wrapped around their neck. I don't know what that means, but anyway. <laughs> sounds kind of weird, right? The, the deal is, the deal is if you are open to fresh oil coming on your life, if you are open to the idea of leaving yesterday, and saying, I don't want to stay with the old oil. And if you're thinking tonight, you know, my whole Christian life feels a bit boring. Every one of us have moments like that. My answer to that is, I need fresh oil. I've hung out with some of the hippies up in Nimbin. I don't know if you have areas in Canada where they all go. Maybe Whistler. Uh, that's where the Australians go anyway. <laughs> But, but the deal is, it, you know that sandalwood oil that they put on? It smells really good when they first put it on. But these guys don't bathe. So sweat and grime and dirt and spiders and all that get involved in their dreads. And, and it really stinks after a while. So old oil isn't just so like inconvenient. It makes Christianity stink. It does, guys. It does. We can't afford to be a witness relying on old oil because it's dead. It's, it actually works against. 
If you're preaching Moses' law, you're actually moving against Jesus. I mean, because he did away with it. And it became the enemy of the new. Saul tried to kill David. The old tries to kill off the new. It's persecuted. And if you are critical of what new people and young people are doing, you don't want to be in that camp. You'd be better to go down to the youth meeting and just sit up the back and get some fire. And let, let whatever, whatever, wherever that fire is happening around the world, just go and sit in a meeting and, and drink some of it and hope it rubs off on you and then spreads around the church, spreads around your connect group. I just try and follow the fire, follow the cloud. Where is it moving? I want to be there. Because if I figure I'm just going to lag behind because I love what God did yesterday. Oh, I just love those old songs. Oh, we need to sing hallelujah. Brother, come up here. Hallelujah. He's a friend of mine. You know, but there's all of that. It ain't going to it ain't going to work now. It might work with some people who want to stay there, but not in reaching this generation and this world. Because there's a whole new way of thinking. I don't always get it. My kids, I say, well, tell me what the thinking is. I'm, I'm using some of their words sometimes that I think are cool, but they're about 10 years out of date. You're so uncool, Dad. You know, like, and any dad trying to be cool is, is a loser anyway. <laughs> Stop that. So, so, like, following this cloud, getting that oil becomes super important. Now, fresh oil. Okay, so here's another thing. Everywhere I go, people are talking about emotional health, mental soundness, and Sabbath. You've got to take a year off to get it all, you know, sorted out, apparently, or something like that. No, I'm into that. I'm into, if you're worn out from work, then that's a good idea. But if you haven't been working hard and you don't really, you know, need it, then you don't need it. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, but what I tell you, what will, what will get you revived is oil. Oil from heaven will, will revive you. The, the, the reason we get drained in life is because we're doing what we're not gifted to do. Oh, this is such good preaching. Uh, like, okay, so... So, so, like, okay, I am not gifted to be a counselor. I hate counseling. God bless all the therapists. God bless all the counselors. It just is not my thing. As soon as a person starts telling me their problem, I can feel the anointing lift. And I just am feeling like they're a vampire and draining my blood. And then I, I hear their problem. I go like, it's not a problem. That's laughable. You think that's a... You know, I'm, I'm just... When I fell out of the tree, I didn't hit one empathy stick on the way down, people. I, I just... I don't have it, you know. Uh, hospitals? Don't ask me to go visit somebody in a hospital. My God, I hate blood. That I, I have had the worst experience as a pastor. I thought that's what I had to do when I first got, started pastoring. I rushed over because there was this little couple who had a little baby with peritonitis. It was, and they, it was only being kept alive by machinery. And they were going to take the machines off. The baby was going to die. They wanted me to be there. So I walked in 
to the room and it's all close and hot. It's the ICU unit. And, and there's five little units, incubator units around. And here's the little baby. And I saw it. And, oh, God, my, my stomach turned. I went, oh, went all queasy inside. And then, and then I started seeing those little dots, you know, you see before you're going to faint. Dung, 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 little bright spots. I thought, good God, I'm going to faint. And, and they're saying, oh, pastor, so good to see you. I can hardly see them because of all the little dots. And so I thought, I'll just lean on this bench and I'll let the faint pass. It'll be a little weird, but I'll, I'll get through it like that. You know, I'll just try and stay standing. So I lean out, but it's not a bench. It's a trolley. And so it just goes like this. So I went right out through the swing doors. I'm lying on my back. The nurses are me, can you hear me? I, I can hear you, but I can't talk. And I'm like, I was God, is it a faint? So I was thinking I was, you know, like super pastor or something, you know. And, and you, can't, you can't do what you're not wired to do. It's a gift. Don't ask me to marry anybody. I get the names wrong. And sometimes I get the event wrong. Welcome to the funeral, everybody. Oh, God, I mean wedding, yeah. It's, guys, you know, like I am not gifted for all that stuff. So I don't do it. I haven't done it. Baptizing. Don't ask me to baptize people. I drown them. Or, you know, they just, it's just... So I don't do all, as a pastor, I didn't do any of that. I gave it away to other guys. And it made leaders out of them. But they did such a good job. My wife was good at what she does. You know, I, I, I just run my lane and try and conserve all my energy for that lane. And then I get food out of that. It energizes me. When I'm doing my gift, I'm energized. I am not drained. And I think a lot of people's burnout is because... They're, doing, they're not doing their gift. Maybe they got bad theology in their head and they think, yeah, God wants me to do what I don't like doing because that's really serving God. No, it's not. David said, I delight to do your will. If you're not delighting, you're probably not doing the will because when you like are doing the will, it's like, wow, this is awesome. But you can kind of feel guilty because it's, it feels easy. It's like when you hit that ball, it's just like, like golf, that one shot, that's just perfect. You don't even feel the ball. Your club just, dong. you hear the noise, you don't feel anything. But when you're, the rest of the game, if you're like me, you just, the professional says, you're standing too close to the ball after you've hit it. It's like, I can't, I can't get the, and I'm hitting the ground and it goes, bong, it's like jars my hand. But when you hit your sweet spot in life, when you're doing your gift, you look, you look incredible. It just flows because you're wired up for that. Some people can't, some pastors can't let anybody else do it because they're too nervous. Like they'll get all the glory or they'll get the credit. Or people, what will people think? Who cares? Release the body into their gifts and you find you're walking with oil on you. And when, when that oil in the lamp is all gone, the wick burns. When there's oil in there, the oil in the wick burns. 
And that's when you burn out, when you run out of oil. There's all these, these, these girls in the, in the Bible. I, I don't know if I mentioned the scripture I'm talking from. Psalm 92 verse 10. But my horn you have exalted like a wild ox. I've been anointed with fresh oil. I got fresh oil on me. This is what David was saying. Okay, so this fresh oil, you got to get it regularly. You need, you need oil every morning. I'm not just talking about getting it once a year at a conference or something. I'm talking about getting it every day, filling up. And that means I got to soak in the oil. I am the wick. The wick needs to soak in the oil. Praying for an hour is not about saying a lot of prayers. It's about being in the presence of God so that your flesh, your mind, your emotions are all soaking. The word baptism means to soak. It doesn't mean to dip in. And we live in such an age of quick move. We think saying a prayer over somebody or just spending a few moments in devotions is going to do it. But our heart doesn't have the time to engage because our head moves quickly, our heart moves slowly. It just takes time for your heart to grasp. So you get a depth in your life and you feel meaningfulness and presence. It's not just skimming over everything and feeling empty down on the inside. But as you soak there, wait on the Lord and you'll mount up with wings. You get strong in that presence. That's all it is. I know you want to go to the pastor and get a counseling session. Or you want to go to the doctor and get some pills. Or you want to just go to on another course, motivation course or whatever. But maybe just sitting in His presence for one hour. And then maybe you like it so much you stay there for another half hour. And you start reading Scripture and your love for the Bible comes alive again. And that oil soaks into your soul. And that's the cause that you start seeing success. It's, a, it's the oil. It's the anointing. David said, Paul said, I rejoice in my infirmities because it's on these that the power of God rests. When, when, uh, when I first got born again, I was 19. We were in a revival. It was massive. They made me a youth leader after about four weeks. I wasn't the big youth leader. I was just like Serena. I was just one of the little underlings, you know. But they gave me a seven-minute preach. So I, I preached. My God, it was good. It was unbelievable. I just blistered the paint off the walls. I mean, like, I, I expected the whole place to just burst into flames. So then at the end of it, I said, okay, everybody's coming forward. Time to come out now. People have got to tell you, not a sausage. Not one person came out. And I'd preach like Billy Graham. I was so disappointed. I said, God, what a mess I made. You know, like, I thought, I've seen the, guy, the big guys. That's what happens. He said, well, thank you. I've been waiting for that. You know, over the years, I, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of people have come to Christ on altar calls. I know it's him. I know I can't do it. It's that anointing. It's on my weakness. It's not on my strength. It's on my, where I messed up. We started a church in a town called Littleton. It was only a little town, and that's why they called it Littleton. It only had 3,000 people in it. And, and God sent us out there for the, when I was 23 to start a church. And the church never grew. I started with 15, and after three years, it had exploded to 30. 
It like didn't grow. And I'm sure God didn't let it grow because he wanted to limit the damage. Because we were so terrible at, at trying to, I learned all these lessons on those poor people. I'm not sure what great sin they had committed to be judged like that. But, but that was it. God sent us there. And I said, at the end of it, God, I can't grow a church. This is useless. It's he says, thank you. I've been waiting for that. So then he said, go to Sydney. And boom, it just exploded. But I know how that happens. People say, oh, you know, he started these 600. I know it's not me. It's him. I can't even grow a church from 15. Can't get it beyond 30. The power of God works through people who've acknowledged that I need you, Lord. I'm living in my weakness. His strength is perfected. In my so you might think I'm a hopeless mother. I didn't have a good example at home. I feel so so inadequate, so unprepared. That's your opportunity for his power, his anointing. Because it's not just for ministry, it's for life skills. You might say I failed in business three times. Tell God about it. You get anointed to be the greatest businessman in, in Calgary. You might say, I'm not much good as a father. Say, God, I've been weak at this. I've been so hopeless. That anointing fills the gaps. That's where he, his strength can be perfected. Through that oil coming through your life. No matter where you are weak, it's God's opportunity to prove his glory in your life. And that fresh oil coming into our world really needs to happen for us to come on fire. Way back in the Old Testament, <clears throat> This scripture that we're talking about here is David saying, I want fresh oil. I want some of that oil on my life. He'd had three anointings on him. One when he's like 16. Next, when he is a little older, somewhere in between there and 33, 30. But this last one came when he's in his early 30s, when he became the king over all Israel. The second one was when he became king over Judah. But at, at his beginning, it came because God had said, we've got to move on. I need a David generation. I need a worshiping warrior generation. This old generation of soul, which is prestige and power. Not really interested in God, interested in just having a lot of stuff and using God for their benefit. But we need a new kind of, a new kind of oil to run Israel. So he says to Samuel, go down to Jesse. Go down to the house of Jesse. He's got a son down there that I, uh, he's going to be the next king. So Samuel says, man, I can't do that while Saul's still king. He says, oh, just tell him you're having a sacrifice or something. So he goes down. He says, hey, I've come down. I have a sacrifice. But I'd just like to see your boys. Put them before me. Jesse gets the gist. He says, ah, he's choosing a new king. So he brings out this first guy, Eliab or something. And he's built like Schwarzenegger, you know, <laughs> posing down. And the Lord says to Samuel, the prophet, he's a pinhead. Get rid of him. So he says, you're not the one. The next one comes in, pinstripe suit, snappy looking briefcase. I'll fix the economy. You know, something like that. 
God says to Samuel, he's a pinhead too, get him out. So one after the other until all of his sons have paraded before the prophet, the king-making prophet, Samuel. And he says, and God hasn't, God has said, it's, it's none of these guys. So he says, he says, Jesse, what's going on? God hadn't given me the go-ahead on any of your boys. Have you got any, any other sons that I don't know about? He says, oh, you know, I got one other weird kid. He's my youngest. Oh, you know, he's not a king. Oh, he, he does the servant's job. He prefers to go off looking after sheep than to try and be a soldier or whatever. You know, he's like, he, he um, oh, writes poetry. Yeah, and he plays harp. You know, like, he's got this curly sort of ringlety hair going on. I mean, he's just a, a skinny little weird kid. And Samuel says, call the poet, the harp playing poet. Call him. So he's like, Jesse says, okay, oh, servants, go find David. And they go, oh, we, we can never find where he is. He never takes his cell phone. We can't reach him with any kind of GPS or anything. He's not, find my friend is not on there either. And I, I don't know. Have we? He said, go find him. He could be anywhere on the huge estate. So they go northeast, southwest. Finally, one guy's <clears throat> coming up through the river, looks up on the cliff. He's been running all night and he sees David. A little wisp of smoke. few sheep scattered around. David's there with his harp singing, I exalt thee. I exalt thee. And a servant screams from the valley, David, David, what? I can't understand a thing you're saying. So he runs up the hill. He gets there. He says, David, why did you take your cell phone with you? It's so hard to find you. Anyway, Samuel's at the house. Go. He wants to see you for something. David's heart pounds. He just feels wheels turning on the inside of him. He says, you look after the sheep. He runs down the hill. It feels so effortless. He's just running like the wind. Runs through the trees. Takes the shortcut over the back roads down through the valley. Comes up to the estate over the first gate. Over the next one. Through the door. And he comes into the courtyard. And all the brothers are just sort of sitting around, half snoozing. Samuel's on the other side of the room. David comes in through the door. And Samuel sees him. And he says, rise, fill your horn with oil. This is the king. He walks across the room. David's standing there. Oil hits his head. As soon as it hits his head, he's spinning. His head is racing. His heart is pounding. He collapses on the ground and he sees visions. He sees himself on a horse riding with an army behind him and his royal robes and a crown on his head. He sees himself pacing through the corridors of a huge palace, commanding soldiers and counselors. And then he sees further down through history and he sees a bearded figure in the streets of Jerusalem. And there's a blind man crying out, 
Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he's hearing this, this figure walking through the streets of Jerusalem. They're all calling him the son of David. He can't understand what is that. But it's like the hope of the world that he sees in that man. And then he looks even further down into the heavens, beyond even the end of the earth. He sees somebody holding up the key of David. Praise and worship in heaven itself. Well, the years passed. David became the king. And he's signing letters. He's having negotiations, he's talking to people, and he just asks them to all leave. He can feel that old crying on the inside. He pushes himself back from his desk. He says, anoint me with fresh oil, God. I just am thirsty and hungry for that touch again in my life and my soul. Tonight, in a couple seconds, we're going to stand. If you're saying, yeah, I want some oil. I want fresh oil in my life. I want you to come and stand down here. Can the band come? And while we stand, just stand, everybody. And, and if you're saying, that's me, why don't you make your way down the front and say, that's me tonight. I want fresh oil on my life. I'm a pastor. I'm bur- burned out. I'm worn out. I'm tired. I'm discouraged. I've had arguments with people. I don't know if I want to keep on going. But if you're saying, let fresh oil fill my heart, fill my soul here tonight, The Spirit of God is going to respond to your hunger, respond to your thirst, and say, yeah, exactly that's what I want. Exactly that's what I want. I want you to just start speaking in in your heavenly language. If you don't have one of those, then as you just thank God here tonight, it's going to happen for you. Just reach out to God. Stop praying. Stop praying. Start thanking God. He's here. That oil is here. The flow over your life, the flow over your spirit, to flow over your soul, to flow over your mind, to start transforming you, changing you, taking you to a new level. Come on, I want to hear you praying. I want to hear you speaking in tongues. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.